My objective this morning is to touch your heart. To touch your heart so that you will touch the heart and the lives of other people. And the way that we touch the hearts and the lives of other people is by simple acts of kindness. Now the first thing that I need to do this morning is to lay a scripture foundation for this lesson. And how better to do that than with the words of the Master himself? Had Paul not reported these words, we would not have known that the Master said this. But he told the elders of the Ephesus church in his farewell address about the last thing that he said to them, knowing that he would never see them again. He said, remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And on another occasion, the master said, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. My objective this morning is really very simple. I want to impress you with the power of simple acts of kindness. And to do that, I am going to use a secular illustration. I usually do not spend a long time on illustrations, but I will this morning because I think it makes the point so well. How many of you have ever heard of North Platte, Nebraska? One or two of you have. Most people of my generation and younger are not familiar with what happened at North Platte, Nebraska. First of all, you need to know that the Union Pacific Railroad runs through North Platte, Nebraska. When World War II broke out, trains started going through North Platte, Nebraska, transporting our troops from the east coast to the west coast to enter the war. The people in the little town of North Platte, Nebraska, learned that there was going to be a troop train coming through North Platte of soldier boys from Nebraska, our boys, to them. And they said, you know, we need to meet that train. We need to have cookies and goodies for our soldier boys. We need to welcome them. And we need to send them off to war knowing how much we care about them. And so when they learned that the train was coming, they, the ladies set about baking cookies goodies, fixing baskets for the boys from Nebraska. On Christmas Day, December 25th, 1941, the train arrived at the North Platte Depot. The ladies were all there with their cookies and their baskets of goodies, and they went up to the first train car and they said, Are you the boys from Nebraska? No, 
we're from Kansas. They went to the next car and said, are you the boys from Nebraska? They said, no, we're from Kansas. And as they went from car to car, they soon discovered that all of the young men on those car, in those cars were from Kansas. And so the ladies were disappointed, and they turned and began to walk away. One of those ladies, a leader in the community, Ray Wilson, stopped, and she said, wait a minute. I'm not going to take my cookies home. I'm going to give them to the boys from Nebraska. And so she turned around, and when she did, all the ladies stopped, and they turned around, and they went back to those cars, and they reached through the windows, and they started giving the cookies and the sandwiches and the, the cakes and the pieces of pie. And the boys were saying, thank you, thank you. And the women were saying, God bless you. Thank you for what you are doing for our country. We care about you. That train only stopped in North Platte, Nebraska for just a very few minutes. But when that train pulled out that day, there were smiles on the faces of all of those soldiers. And there were smiles on the faces of all of those ladies. The next day, Ray Wilson wrote an editorial in the local paper in North Platte. And this is a direct quote. She said, what we experienced yesterday in giving to those men is what every soldier who passes through North Platte, Nebraska, deserves to experience. And so she called on her community to step up to the plate, to have volunteers work day and night to provide for our soldiers. And she literally challenged them as long as World War II continued, that they would meet every train of soldiers that went through North Platte, Nebraska. North Platte at the time was a town of 12,000 people. In the next five years, 55,000 volunteers met those trains in North Platte, Nebraska. Some of those volunteers would drive in and work one day. Some of them would come and stay a week. Some of them would come and get housing and stay for a month or longer. It was because they wanted to offer encouragement to our soldiers going off to war. And how did they do it? By simple acts of kindness. When the war ended, six and one-half million soldiers had received the kindness of North Platte, Nebraska. When the Union Pacific Railroad heard what was going on in North Platte, they stepped up to the plate too. They had a restaurant there at the depot that had closed. It was available, and so they offered it to the community to use and they did so free of charge. They gave them the space. 
And so the North Platte Canteen became a reality. And soldiers knew about it. They would jump off the train, they would run into the North Platte Canteen because they only had five or ten minutes. And when they would walk in or run into the North Platte Canteen, they many times would see tables loaded with fried chicken and tables of sandwiches and tables of donuts and tables of coffee. And they would see reading material, newspapers and magazines and yes, Bibles. And they would see smiles and they would see kindness. Baskets were taken onto the train for the soldiers who were wounded coming home from battle. And their laps would be filled with those goodies. It was a touching time in the lives of all of those people. It changed the people in the little town of North Platte, Nebraska. And it changed the lives of those on the train. In a very short time, the call would be given all aboard. And the soldiers would run out of the North Platte canteen, and they'd look back waving with tears running down their cheeks, saying, thank you, thank you. The power of simple acts of kindness. What did those simple acts of kindness mean? They meant everything. Bob Green, a syndicated columnist for the Chicago Tribune, decided to write a book about what it meant. The book is entitled, Once Upon a Town, The Miracle of the North Platte Canteen. And Green said the typical story goes something like this. A boy graduates in the Bronx on Monday night. He's already enlisted. On Tuesday morning, he boards a troop train headed to the West Coast. For days and nights, he travels sitting in one of the cars where it's just a seat. He can't lie down. All he has to eat is K-rations, no shower. And all around him are total strangers. He's never been away from home before. He knows he's about to go on the other side of the world. And he doesn't know if he's coming home. And as he sits in the middle of the night on that troop train, he begins to be passed through the car. We're coming into North Platte, Nebraska. And there's a buzz in the car. North Platte's coming. He looks at some of the soldiers who are talking about it, and he said, what's North Platte? You don't know about North Platte, Nebraska? You just wait till you see North Platte. And when the train stops and the soldiers begin to run off the train, 
to the canteen, he runs with them. And when he runs in, he sees what's in the North Platte canteen. And he sees all of those girls, girls like at home, like the sweetheart he's left, like his sisters, like his cousins, like his mother and like his grandmother. And he gets warm hugs and smiles from the faces of people that he has never met before. And he is in a place where he has never been, and yet he knows instantly that those people really care. They sound the all aboard, and he gets on that train in a trance. Those ten minutes were priceless because somebody who did not know him shared a simple act of kindness. Everything was offered to him simply because people cared. Fast forward. A few months later, in the lull of the battle, as the artillery stops, soldiers are hunkered down in those foxholes, and their mind turns to the North Platte Canteen. And that soldier that we've been talking about breaks the silence, and he says, what I wouldn't give for ten minutes at the North Platte Canteen And in every foxhole, on the face of every soldier, there was a smile. In preparation for his book, Bob Green decided to interview veterans of World War II. At random, he would walk up to old men and he'd say, are you a veteran? Well, yes, I am. Do you know anything about North Platte, Nebraska? And the response would be a smile. And they would begin to describe how those people were kind. How they cared. And the old soldiers would begin to weep. And Bob Green would ask them, why are you crying? And they would say, don't you understand how scared we were? But for ten minutes, everything was all right. North Platte, Nebraska was like heaven. I was particularly touched about one story that Green told about. A young lady heard about North Platte and her granddad, 90 years old, in a nursing home, struggling with dementia, not always lucid. One day she was talking with her granddad and she said, Granddaddy, North Platte, Nebraska, does that mean anything to you? And the old man immediately brightened up. And he smiled and he said, You better believe it means something to me. I went to that place in the middle of the night and they gave me donuts and they gave me coffee and there was a man who even shined my shoes. I'll never forget North Platte, Nebraska. Now here's the question, folks. 
how is it that men today, what veterans we still have from the Second War, how is it that men today in the twilight of their life can remember so vividly something that only took ten minutes in a strange place 60 years ago. That's the power of simple acts of kindness. And that's really what I want us to talk about. See, I fear, brethren, that we have forgotten the power of simple acts of kindness. Look at those words of Jesus again. Paul, in that farewell address to the elders of Ephesus, in, in just a few moments, they will hug each other and weep because they know they're never going to see each other again. And he's given them such awesome instruction about how to shepherd the flock. But then he says, you remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Must have been an important message. Must be. And then in Luke 6 and verse 38, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back again. Question I want to pose this morning as we talk about practical Christian living is this. What can we do to inspire our congregations? What can we do to inspire ourselves to reflect upon our lives and to really put kindness into practice in a greater way? Well, I'm going to tell you what we did where I preach. I preached for the Finley congregation in Sparta, Tennessee. We decided to have a We Care campaign. And it lasted the whole month of April this year. The idea of the campaign, I want to tell you right up front, was not original with me. The idea came from the Mount Juliet congregation and from David Shannon, their preacher. On Sunday, April the 1st, I stood before the congregation and presented the program. And each member of the congregation was given 12 of those cards that you see on the screen. We hope this simple act of service shows you God's love in a practical way. It has the church's address and phone number. Three for each week. And there were more cards available. And I'm going to tell you something. We needed a lot more cards. Every member of the congregation was challenged to perform simple acts of kindness. Simple acts of kindness that we normally would not do. And the focus was not on self. The focus was not on members of the church. The focus was not on our buddies. 
But the focus was on at random doing simple acts of kindness, even for total strangers, people that we did not normally reach out to. And when we did an act of kindness, the focus was on this card. If we do an act of kindness, we are not going to take credit for that ourselves. We are simply going to hand the person one of these cards to let them know that we're simply doing it out of love for the Lord and love for them. For a whole month, the whole month of April, our congregation did simple acts of kindness. And I gladly report to you this morning, we absolutely fell in love with it. And the community of Sparta, Tennessee, fell in love with us. We experienced the glow and the afterglow. We talked about that a lot. The glow is when you do a kindness for some person and that warm feeling you get. You know what I'm talking about? The afterglow, and we're still experiencing the afterglow here in the middle of July. We think about some of those acts of kindness. I hear people talking about them in the classroom. I hear them talking about them in the lobby. We're still experiencing the afterglow. That's the feeling you get when you think about that act of kindness you did some time ago and you have that good feeling all over again. Somebody says, Preacher, what did y'all do? I'll give you some examples. We fixed cookies and took them across the street to a widow lady. And on that box of cookies was taped one of those cards. We bought people's lunch in the drive through at McDonald's and Hardee's and wherever else. We'd pull up to the drive through and when we paid for our food, we'd say, what is the person behind me? How much is their meal going to cost? Well, it's $6 and a quarter. Well, I want to pay for their meal too, and would you hand them this card for me? We had one widow lady in our congregation that got so involved in that, she spent over $300 just buying people's lunch at McDonald's. McDonald's loves us too. We mowed people's lawns. We fixed people's gutters. We helped people with their groceries. We helped people with their needs. We, we talked to them. We gave them holy hugs. We, we invited them to our services. We showed people the love of God by doing simple acts of kindness. And we approached it two ways. First of all, we acted decisively. We sat down, we brainstormed, we planned it out. I'm going to do this act of kindness for this person, and we went and we did it. But there's a second way that we did it. And it was even more enjoyable. That is, we just acted impulsively. We opened our lives to opportunities. And when the impulse, the opportunity hit us, we took advantage of it. We acted. Yes, there were a few people in our congregation that did some big stuff. 
that's fine. But actually the focus was on simple acts of kindness. But the important thing, folks, is that we acted. We did it. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as you have opportunity, do good, especially unto all, especially unto those who are the household of faith. The most refreshing thing to me about the campaign was that for a whole month, we changed our approach to Christianity. Yes, we still came to the church building, and yes, we still worshiped, And yes, we still, in our worship, fortified our faith. But we didn't stop at the church building. For the whole month of April, we came to the building, we praised our God, and we fortified our faith, and then we went out in the community, we left the church building, we went out in the community, and we shared the love of God. What can I do? A simple act of kindness. It was an amazing month for four reasons. First of all, it was amazing for the good that was done and for the lives that were touched. We got to be like Jesus. Do you remember how Peter described Jesus to the first Gentile audience? In Acts 10, verse 38, he said, He went about doing good. Have you ever thought about the kindness, the simple acts of kindness that Jesus showed? Number two, it was amazing for the transformation it made in people's lives. There were smiles And there were tears. Number three, it was amazing for the transformation it made in our lives. We realized that the more we served, the more we were blessed. Remember the words of Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And number four, it was amazing because of the encouragement that The experiences and the campaign itself, the encouragement we gave each other to be givers. And we got just a glimpse of the fact that this approach to simple acts of kindness is something that that doesn't need to end the last day of April, but it needs to be a daily campaign of life. We, uh, we put a box out in the lobby. We told our members, now, we want you to write little stories telling us what your experiences were through this campaign. But there's one rule. It has to be anonymous. We simply want to encourage each other by these experiences. I'm going to read you just three or four. We had many, many put in the box. Listen to this. This is from a person talking about a co-worker. 
a co-worker, and these are direct quotes, a co-worker's having a difficult time. Her husband and her son both have cancer. Her daughter is being tested for multiple sclerosis. She and her husband had gone to McDonald's. When they got to the window to pay, a Finley Church of Christ card was handed to them, and they were told that their meal had been paid for. My co-worker's direct quote was, how much that lifted my spirits. It was such a tremendous boost. And then with tears in her eyes, my co-worker said, I was the lowest point. But this showed me that somebody cared. I did not know who put this one in the box until I read it one Sunday morning. And I could tell from the man's body language, he's the one who put it in the box. He's a very quiet, unassuming member of our congregation. He's not a man that says much, but listen to what he wrote. A fellow co-worker came to me and told me of another co-worker's paycheck, that it was short and was going, not going to be fixed until the following week. And the man was worried about how he would be able to make it through the week. The following day when I took my lunch, I took him a sandwich and chips for lunch and gave him a couple of dollars for snacks and drinks. He teared up and he said, thank you. When he got his paycheck, he wanted to pay me for bringing lunch to him all week, and I told him, no, just go home and look at the card that's attached to your sandwich. Listen to this one, the collateral effect. Went through McDonald's drive-thru and paid for a person's order behind me in line. It was only 8 a.m., and the McDonald's employee said, this is the second time today that this has happened. She went on to say that several days ago, four cards had been received in one day. And her direct comment was, I think this is the nicest thing y'all are doing. Here's my favorite one out of probably 50. This was an email I received. I wanted to eat this morning. It was Wednesday morning. First time since Sunday night because I'd been so stressed and anxiety-ridden from the new job. When I went to pay for my food, the girl at the drive-thru said it had already been paid for. I told her there must be some mistake because I didn't know anyone in line. It must be the car behind me. She said, no, it was for you, and I'm supposed to give you this card. I looked at it and saw that it was from your church. I started crying and just looked up at the car in front of me and waved. And she just waved back and drove off. If only she knew how bad my week had been and how nice to have such a kind gesture from a total stranger. I don't know what sister wrote that, but she learned in our assembly about the impact of her simple act of kindness. Why a campaign? Well, I'd like to think that we're giving people without having a campaign. We, we use that campaign to create a mindset to help us be more like Jesus.
And I hope this lesson will help you create that mindset today. I'm going to give Chad a CD of the five lessons and five PowerPoints that we used, and he can share that with the elders. But whether your congregation decides to do the Simple Acts of Kindness campaign or not, I hope that you will commit your life to doing those simple acts of kindness. See, there's something absolutely amazing about walking around all day and looking at other people and thinking about other people and thinking, what can I do for that person? That's practical Christian living, good people. We can reach out to other people. We can make a difference. We can be the servants of the Lord. Remember Jesus said, The greatest among you shall be your servant. Matthew 20 and verse 26. And here's the nice thing about it. You may not have the desire or have the ability to be a preacher or a public Bible class teacher. You may not be, quote, a leader of the church, unquote. But there is not a member of the church in this assembly this morning. There's not a member of the church in this county. There's not a member of the church in this state. There's not a member of this church in this world that can't do simple acts of kindness. Amen? I can do that. And you can do that. And I want you to look at this highlighted quote. Generous people are not people who have big bank accounts, folks. Generous people are people who have a large view of God. Let me give you a passage. I don't have time to read it and deal with it in detail. I wish I did. But 2 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 5, he'd just been talking about generosity in contrast to grudging obligation. And the familiar statement about sowing sparingly and sowing bountifully but I want you to go on and read the verses following that, verses 8 through 10. And it talks about how God so abundantly supplies us so that that can be seed, and when we use that, then God will supply us with more so we can do more. Law of the harvest. The law of the harvest is not just you reap what you sow, but the law of the harvest is you reap in proportion to what you sow. I want to wrap it up. With let me get there. Luke six thirty eight. Turn there. Here's what I want us to see. Jesus said, give and what? Tell me out loud. It'll be given to you. 
Good measure. Now picture this scene. Person goes to the marketplace, has their basket to buy grain. That merchant runs it over, presses it down, shakes it together, and runs it over again. I like to deal with a fellow like that, don't you? That's the Lord. But here is the rub. Where that text says, with the same measure shall be measured back to you, what's that telling us? That's telling us this, folks. God's going to use your basket. Are you listening? God's going to use your basket. And if in life you give a basket the size that's on the screen, God's going to say, hey, let me borrow your basket. And if you have that big a basket, God's going to say, that's great. Let me borrow your basket. I'm going to fill it full, shake it down, press it together, running over, but I'm going to use your basket. And if your basket is that big, God's going to say, let me use your basket. I'm going to take it, I'm going to run it over, I'm going to press it down, I'm going to shake it together, and I'm going to run it over again. God is going to use your basket. You cannot outgive God. But you will be blessed in trying. Simple acts of kindness. That's practical Christianity. Thank you for listening this morning.